story twenty five of romance of california life by john haberton this librivox recording is in the public domain story twenty five a romance of happy rest happy rest is a village whose name has never appeared in gazetteer or census report this remark should not cause any depreciation of the faithfulness of public and private statisticians for happy rest belonged to a class of settlements which sprang up about as suddenly as did jonah's gourd and after a short existence disappeared so quickly that the last inhabitant generally found himself alone before he knew that anything unusual was going on when the soil of happy rest supported nothing more artificial than a broken wagon-wheel left behind by some emigrants going overland to california a deserter from a fort near by discovered that the soil was auriferous his statement to that effect made in a bar-room in the first town he reached thereafter led to his being invited to drink which operation resulted in certain supplementary statements and drinks within three hours every man within five miles of that bar-room knew that the most paying dirt on the continent had been discovered not far away and three hours later a large body of gold hunters guided by the deserter were en route for the auriferous locality while a storekeeper and a liquor dealer with their respective stocks in trade followed closely after the ground was found it proved to be tolerably rich tents went up underground residences were burrowed and the grateful miners ordered the barkeeper to give unlimited credit to the locality's discoverer the barkeeper obeyed the order and the ex-warrior speedily met his death in a short but glorious contest with john barleycorn there was no available lumber from which to construct a coffin and the storekeeper had no large boxes but as the liquor-seller had already emptied two barrels these were taken neatly joined in the centre and made to contain the remains of the founder of the hamlet the method of his death and origin of his coffin led a spiritous miner to suggest that he rested happily and from this remark the name of the town was elaborated of course no ladies accompanied the expedition men who went west for gold did not take their families with them as a rule and the settlers of the new mining towns were all of the masculine gender when a town had attained to the dignity of a hotel members of the gentler sex occasionally appeared but with the exception of an occasional washerwoman their influence was decidedly the reverse of that usually attributed to woman's society for the privileges of their society men fought with pistols and knives and bought of them a disgrace and sorrow for gold but at first happy rest was unblessed and uncursed by the presence of any one who did not wear pantaloons on the fifth day of its existence however when the arrival of an express agent indicated that capital had formally acknowledged the existence of happy rest there was an unusual commotion in the never quiet village an important rumour had spread among the tents and gopher holes and one after another the citizens visited the saloon took the barkeeper mysteriously aside and with faces denoting the greatest concern whispered earnestly to him the barkeeper felt his importance as the sole custodian of all the village news but he replied with affability to all questions 
well yes there had a lady come come by the same stage as the express agent what kind well he really couldn't say some might think one way and some another he thought she was a real lady though she wouldn't allow anything to be sent her from the bar and she hadn't brought no baggage thought so knowed she was a lady in fact would bet drinks for the crowd on it cause why well cause nobody heerd her cuss or seed her laugh he'd bet three to two she was a lady might bet two to one if he got his dander up on the subject then on t'other hand she'd axed for major axel and the major as everybody knowed was well he wasn't exactly a saint besides as the major hadn't come to happy rest nohow it looked as if he was dodgin her for something where was she stoppin up to old psalm singers old psalm bed turned himself out of house and home and bought her a new tea-kettle to boot if anybody knowed anybody that wanted to take three to two send em along a few men called to bet and bets were exchanged all over the camp but most of the excitement centred about the storekeepers argonauts pioneers heroes or whatever else the early gold-seekers were they were likewise mortal men so they competed vigorously for the few blacking-brushes boxes of blacking looking-glasses pocket-combs and neckties which the store contained they bought toilet soap and borrowed razors and when they had improved their personal appearance to the fullest possible extent they stood aimlessly about like unemployed workmen in the market-place each one however took up a position which should rake the only entrance to old psalm-singer's tent suddenly two or three scores of men struck various attitudes as if to be photographed and exclaimed in unison there she is from the tent of old psalm-singer there had emerged the only member of the gentler sex who had reached happy rest for only a moment she stood still and looked about her as if uncertain which way to go but before she had taken a step old psalm-singer raised his voice and said i thought it last night when i only seed her in the moonlight but i know it now she's a lady and no mistake if i was a bettin man i'd bet all my dust on it and my farm to hum besides a number of men immediately announced that they would bet in the speaker's place to any amount and in almost any odds for though old psalm by reason of non-participation in any of the drinks fights or games with which the camp refreshed itself was considered a mere non-entity it was generally admitted that men of his style could tell a lady or a preacher at sight the gentle unknown finally started toward the largest group of men seeing which several smaller groups massed themselves on the larger with alacrity as she neared them the men could see that she was plainly dressed but that every article of attire was not only neat but tasteful and that she had enough grace of form and carriage to display everything to advantage a few steps nearer and she displayed a set of sad but refined features marred only by an irresolute purposeless mouth then an ex-reporter from new york turned suddenly to a graceless young scamp who had once been a regular ornament to broadway and exclaimed louise matray isn't it tis by thunder replied the young man i knew i'd seen her somewhere 
wonder what she's doing here the reporter shrugged his shoulders some wild goose speculation i suppose smart and gritty if i had her stick i shouldn't be here but she always slips up can't keep all her wires well in hand was an advertising agent when i left the east picked up a good many ads too and made folks treat her respectfully when they'd have kicked a man out of doors if he'd come to the same errand say she's been asking for axel remarked the young man that's so queried the reporter wrinkling his brow and hurrying through his mental notebook oh yes there was some talk about them at one time some said they were married she said so but she never took his name she had a handsome son that looked like her and the major but she didn't know how to manage him went to the dogs or worse before he was eighteen axel here asked the young man no replied the reporter and wouldn't do her any good if he was the major's stylish and good-looking and plays a brilliant game but he hasn't any more heart than is absolutely necessary to his circulation besides his the reporter was interrupted by a heavy hand falling on his shoulder and found on turning that the hand belonged to the general the general was not a military man but his title had been conferred in recognition of the fact that he was a born leader wherever he went the general assumed the reins of government and his administration had always been popular as well as judicious but at this particular moment the general seemed to feel unequal to what was evidently his duty and he like a skilful general sought a properly qualified assistant and the reporter seemed to him to be just the man he wanted spider tracks said the general with an air in which authority and supplication were equally prominent you've told an awful sight of lies in your time don't deny it now nobody that ever reads the papers will believe you now's your chance to put your gift of gab to a respectable use the lady's bothered and wants to say something or ask something and she'll understand your lingo better'n mine fire away now lively the ex-shorthand writer seemed complimented by the general's address and stepping forward and raising the remains of what had once been a hat said can i serve you in any way madam the lady glanced at him quickly and searchingly and then seeming assured of the reporter's honesty replied i am looking for an old acquaintance of mine one major axel he is not in camp ma'am said spider tracks he was at rum valley a few days ago when our party was organized to come here i was there yesterday said the lady looking greatly disappointed and was told he started for here a day or two before some mistake ma'am i assure you replied spider tracks i should have known of his arrival if he had come i'm an old newspaper man ma'am and can't get out of the habit of getting the news the lady turned away but seemed irresolute the reporter followed her if you will return to rum valley ma'am i'll find the major for you if he is hereabouts said he you will be more comfortable there and i will be more likely than you to find him the lady hesitated for a moment longer then she drew from her pocket a diary wrote a line or two on one of its leaves tore it out and handed it to the reporter i will accept your offer and be very grateful for it for i do not bear this mountain travelling very well 
if you find him give him this scrawl and tell him where i am that will be sufficient trust me to find him ma'am replied spider tracks and as the stage is just starting and there won't be another for a week allow me to see you into it any baggage only a small handbag in the tent said she they hurried off together spider tracks found the bag and five minutes later was bowing and waving his old hat to the cloud of dust which the departing stage left behind it but when even the dust itself had disappeared he drew from his pocket the paper the fair passenger had given him tain't sealed said he reasoning with himself so there can't be any secrets in it let's see hello ernest is somewhere in this country i wish to see you about him and about nothing else whew what a splendid material for a column if there was only a live paper in this infernal country looking for that young scamp eh? there is something to her and i'll help her if i can wonder if i'd recognize him if i saw him again i ought to if he looks as much like his parents as he used to do twould do my soul good to make the poor woman smile once but it's an outrageous shame there's no good daily paper here to work the whole thing up in with the chase and fighting and murder that may come of it twould make the leading sensation for a week the agonized reporter clasped his hands behind him and walked slowly back to where he had left the crowd most of the citizens had on seeing the lady depart taken a drink as a partial antidote to dejection and strolled away to their respective claims regardless of the occasional mud which threatened the polish on their boots but two or three gentlemen of irascible tempers and judicial minds lingered to decide whether spider tracks had not by the act of seeing the lady to the stage made himself an accessory to her departure and consequently a fit subject for challenge by every disappointed man in camp the reporter was in the midst of a very able and voluble defence when the attention of his hearers seemed distracted by something on the trail by which the original settlers had entered the village spider tracks himself looked shaded his eyes indulged in certain disconnected fragments of profanity and finally exclaimed axel himself by the white coat of horace greeley wonder who he's got with him they seem to be having a difficulty about something the gentleman who had arraigned spider tracks allowed him to be acquitted by default far better to them was a fight near by than the most interesting lady far off they stuck their hands into their pockets and stared intently finally one of them in a tone of disgusted resignation remarked axel ought to be ashamed of hisself he's dragged along a little feller not half the size he is blamed if he ain't got his match though the little feller's just doin some glorious chawin and diggin the excitement finally overcame the inertia of the party and each man started deliberately to meet the major and his captive spider tracks faithful to his profession kept well in advance of the others suddenly he exclaimed to himself good lord don't they know each other the major didn't wear that beard when he was in new york but the boy he's just the same scamp in spite of his dirt and rags if she were to see them now but pshaw twould all fall flat no live paper to take hold of the matter and work it up 
there curse your treacherous heart roared the major as he gave his prisoner a push which threw him into the reporter's arms now we're in a civilized community and you'll have a chance of learning the opinion of gentlemen on such irregularities tried to kill me gentlemen upon my honor did it after i had shared my eatables and pocket pistol with him too did it to get my dust got me at a disadvantage for a moment and made a formal demand for the dust and backed his request with a pistol my own pistol gentlemen i've only just reached here i don't yet know who's here but i imagine there's public spirit enough to discourage treachery will someone see to him while i take something spider tracks drew his revolver mildly touched the young man on the shoulder and remarked come on the ex-knight of the pencil bowed his prisoner into an abandoned gopher hole i e an artificial cave cocked his revolver and then stretched himself on the ground and devoted himself to staring at the unfortunate youth to a student of human nature ernest mattray was curious fascinating and repulsive short slight handsome delicate nervous unscrupulous selfish effeminate dishonest and cruel he was an excellent specimen of what city life could make of a boy with no father and an irresolute mother the reporter who had many a time studied faces in the tombs felt almost as if at his old vocation again as he gazed into the restless eyes and sullen features of the prisoner meanwhile happy rest was becoming excited there had been some little fighting done since the settlement of the place but as there had been no previous attempt at highway robbery and murder made in the vicinity the prisoner was an object of considerable interest in fact the major told so spirited a story that most of the inhabitants strolled up one after another to look at the innovator while that individual himself with the modesty which seems inseparable from true greatness retired to the most secluded of the three apartments into which the cave was divided and declined all the attentions which were thrust upon him the afternoon had faded almost into evening when a decrepit figure in a black dress and bonnet approached the cave and gave spider-tracks a new element for the thrilling report he had composed and mentally rearranged during his few hours of duty as jailer beats the dickens muttered the reporter to himself how these sisters of charity always know when a tough case has been caught natural enough in new york but where did she come from who told her cross beads and all hello oh louise mattray you're a deep one but it's a pity your black robe isn't quite long enough to hide the very tasty dress you wore this morning queer dodge too wonder what it means wonder if she's caught sight of the major and don't want to be recognized the figure approached may i see the prisoner she asked no one has a better right mrs mattray said the guardian of the cave with a triumphant smile while the poor woman started and trembled don't be frightened no one is going to hurt you heard all about it i suppose know who just missed being the victim yes said the unhappy woman entering the cave when she emerged it was growing quite dark she passed the reporter with head and veil down and whispered thank you don't mention it said the reporter quickly going to stay until you see how things go with him she shook her head and passed on the sky grew darker 
the reporter almost wished it might grow so dark that the prisoner could escape unperceived or so quickly that a random shot could not find him there were strange noises in camp the storekeeper who never travelled except by daylight was apparently harnessing his mules to the wagon he was moving the wagon itself to the extreme left of the camp where there was nothing to haul but wood and even that was still standing in the shape of fine old trees there seemed to be an unusual clearness in the air for spider tracks distinctly heard the buzz of some earnest conversation there seemed strange shadows floating in the air a strange sense of something moving toward him something almost shapeless yet tangible something that approached him that gave him a sense of insecurity and then of alarm suddenly the indefinable something uttered a yell and resolved itself into a party of miners led by the gallant and aggrieved major himself who shouted lynch the scoundrel boys that's the only thing to do the excited reporter sprang to his feet in an agony of genuine humanity and suppressed itemizing and screamed major wait a minute you'll be sorry if you don't but the gallant major had been at the bar for two or three hours preparing himself for this valorous deed and the courage he had there imbibed knew not how to brook delay not until the crowd had reached the mouth of the cave and found it dark and had heard one unduly prudent miner suggest that it might be well to have a light so as to dodge being sliced in the dark bring a light quick then shouted the major i'll drag him out when it comes he knows my grip curse him a bunch of dried grass was hastily lighted and thrown into the cave and the major rapidly followed it while as many miners as could crowd in after him hastened to do so they found the major with white face and trembling limbs standing in front of the lady for whose sake they had done so much elaborate dressing in the morning and who they had afterwards wrathfully seen departing in the stage the major rallied turned round and said there's some mistake here gentlemen won't you have the kindness to leave us alone slowly uh, very slowly the crowd withdrew it seemed to them that in the nature of things the lady ought to have it out with the major with pistols or knives for disturbing her and that they who were in all the sadness of disappointment at failure of a well-planned independent execution ought to see the end of the whole affair but a beseeching look from the lady herself finally cleared the cave and the major exclaimed louise what does this mean it means said the lady with most perfect composure that thanks to a worthless father and a bad bringing up by an incapable mother ernest has found his way into this country i came to find him and i found him in this hole to which his affectionate father had brought him to-day it is about as well i imagine that i helped him to escape seeing to what further kind attentions you had reserved him please don't be so icy louise begged the major he attempted to rob and kill me the young rascal besides i had not the faintest idea of who he was perhaps said the lady still very calm you will tell me from whom he inherited the virtues which prompted his peculiar actions towards you his mother has always earned her livelihood honourably louise said the major with a humility which would have astonished his acquaintance 
won't you have the kindness to reserve your sarcasm until i am better able to bear it you probably think i have no heart i acknowledge i have thought as much myself but something is making me feel very weak and tender just now the lady looked critically at him for a moment and then burst into tears oh god she sobbed what else is there in store for this poor miserable injured life of mine restitution whispered the major softly if you will let me make it or try to make it the weeping woman looked up inquiringly and said only the words and she my first wife answered the major dead really dead louise as i hope to be saved she died several years ago and i longed to do you justice then but the memory of our parting was too much for my cowardly soul if you will take me as i am louise i will as long as i live remember the past and try to atone for it she put her hand in his and they left the gopher hole together as they disappeared in the outer darkness there emerged from one of the compartments of the cave an individual whose features were indistinguishable in the darkness but who was heard to emphatically exclaim if i had the dust i'd start a live daily here just to tell the whole story though the way he got out didn't do me any particular credit for days the residents of happy rest used all available mental stimulants to aid them in solving the mystery of the major and the wonderful lady but as the mental stimulants aforesaid were all spiritous the results were more deplorable than satisfactory but when a few days later the couple took the stage for rum valley the enterprising spider tracks took an outside passage and at the end of the route had his persistency rewarded by seeing in the bang-up house a sister of charity tenderly embrace the major's fair charge start at the sight of the major and then after some whispering by the happy mother sullenly extend a hand which the major grasped heartily and over which there dropped something which though a drop of water was not a raindrop then did spider tracks return to the home of his adoption and lavish the stores of his memory and for days his name was famous and his liquor was paid for by admiring auditors End of story 25